0: guys I want to deal with one principle in particular in this teaching and I want to um, if you'll allow me let me let's look at Matthew chapter 4 verse 23 and then we'll talk about what it is that I want to bring in this teaching today it says in Matthew chapter 4 verse 23 Jesus was going throughout all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sicknesses among the people. And so basically Matthew was saying that in, as Jesus began his ministry, he went about everywhere proclaiming the gospel, the gospel. And now that's what you have to understand, the good news, and we'll get back to this, but. What I wanna talk about today is healing of sicknesses and diseases. That's what I wanna talk about. And to be more explicit, we know that whatever healing is done, it is done through the Holy Spirit by the authority of Jesus the Messiah. That is, that's why Jesus says, whenever you ask for anything, ask in his name. That is, by his authority. And whenever we ask something, in the authority of jesus only thing that we're really saying is i believe that jesus is the messiah of god he is the one whom god has sent to redeem mankind and therefore by the authority of his name by who he claims to be who i believe that he is i'm making this request to god so that's what it always means when we say in Jesus name it means by his authority but anyway back to the point and notice what we see here in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23 we see the beginning of Jesus's ministry what we have to understand and here's what I want to say let me just get to the point because I think I'm starting to babble already and I'm dealing with the issue of healing of sicknesses and diseases because we see that's a trademark that that was basically a hallmark of Jesus's ministry when he was on earth that he would go about <clears throat> and he would heal all kinds of sicknesses and diseases all manners of sickness and diseases there was nothing that Jesus could not do even such he would raise people from the dead that's the extreme part And then there's another extreme miracle. He would heal of leprosy. That was never done. That was only done one time. It was done by Elijah on a Gentile, and it was done by God himself on the sister of Moses. But that's neither here nor there. But the point is, Jesus authenticated himself in his miracles of healing sicknesses and diseases. So I want to talk about that. And I almost just, (laughs) because you know how my mind works, I just about gave it away just then. So the question is, what about today? Does the Lord still heal people? Because God is the same God. Yes, he is. And you've also heard people say, well, God, or even sometimes Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever that God does not change. I am the Lord God. I do not change. All of these things are true. However, whenever we speak about God, we have to make certain that when we're trying to apply something to God in particular, you got to make certain that you're doing it properly. In other words, I know that God does not change and I know that God is the same yesterday, today and forever. But did you know that God at one time said that if there was a witch among you, you should kill him. Now, here's my question. Should we kill witches now? Well, if God does not change, then we should kill witches even today. But no, of course not. No, we don't kill it because that was under the law. And when we do say that God does not change, we have to always understand what it is. And about God that is not changed so we have to understand the whole entire perspective so okay because I don't want to babble healings you know and and one of the reasons why guys I'm bringing this to you and and it's because if we have not had an issue with sickness and disease in our own personal lives we know of someone who has it may be a parent it could be a mom or dad, and, and to be honest with you guys, I, my mother had a, a terrible uh, fight with cancer, and she died, and she died of cancer. Could God have healed her of that? The answer is absolutely yes. But how how should we how should we think about it? And that's what I want to address today because if we ourselves are not struggling with this that means sometimes we get sick or there there could be a child our own child is sick and we're praying and we're asking god to heal and then we look at the new testament and this is what i want to talk about today and we see all of these things that jesus is doing he's healing lepers and people just like i said in matthew 4:23. he healed what every kind of sickness and disease And if Jesus is the same today, what doesn't he do it today? Now, the issue is not about can he? Because God is all powerful. God can do anything. The question is, will he? Or should I even say more particular? Listen, and here's why I want you guys to understand it. Is there a guarantee? Is there a guarantee? That's number one. And then number two, is does is our faith a component? And and let me just deal with that. First of all, our faith that means having faith to believe that God will do something, is an important. What did, is an important component? What did Jesus say? If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you'll say unto this mountain, "Be removed and be cast into the sea," and whatsoever you ask, it shall be done for you. So the bottom line is our faith is a component. It does, it's an active ingredient. It it does have a relationship to whether or not a prayer is answered. In other words, in order for a prayer to be answered, a prayer of faith to be healed to be answered, you have to believe it. If you don't believe it, your prayer will never be answered. So yes, faith is a component. But now the reason why I bring that up is because you may have heard, especially among some uh, word of faith teachers, uh, and they say that if your prayer was not answered, if you were not healed, it's simply because, or should I even say, it's always because you lacked the faith. And so now that's what I want to deal with. So so, so I want to bring All of these particular ingredients together today, the whole issue of number one, does Jesus, you can say God, however you wanna put it, we all know that God the Father does all things through his son, Jesus Christ, by operation of the Holy Spirit. So God, the triune God is involved in healing. All right. So, so let's not worry about saying the precise words. You know what I'm trying to say when I'm, when I'm saying, does God heal Jesus? Jesus continue to heal today the same way he does or did in the Old Testament. And the first thing that we dealt with was the issue of faith. And I said that faith is a necessary component. All right. But now what I also want to deal with is what you may have heard is if you did not get healed it's because you lack the faith. Now, that's not true. The Bible teaches that all of our prayers must be subjugated to the will of God. What do I mean? You can have all the faith that you want. You can have the necessary faith in order to be healed, but suppose God does not want to heal you. That's why the Bible says when we pray, we should always pray if it, it is in accordance to the will of God. And notice we have, to, we have to subject our prayers in this way. Remember when Jesus was in the garden, right before he himself, was about to be crucified and I'm not going to get into all of the details of, of everything that was happening to our Lord at that particular time. But nevertheless, he came under attack at that particular moment and he fell down. Remember the Bible said he had like what? Great drops of sweat, bloody sweat that was coming from his skin. And what did Jesus pray? He asked the Father, Lord, Father, if you are willing, Take this cup away from me. But once again, notice, and here's our point. What did he himself, the son of God, who has perfect faith? Nobody has greater faith than Jesus. But what did Jesus say? He says, but still, nevertheless, not as I will, but thou will. So that's one of the points that I want to bring about that even when we are sick And even if we have the faith that's necessary for healing, we must always subject our prayers to the will of God. How? Just like Jesus did. Nobody is as saved and as perfect and has greater faith than Jesus. And he gave us the perfect model for us to follow, again, You can have the necessary faith to be healed, but our prayers, all of our prayers, must always be subjected to the will of God. And it is not as I will, but as you will, Father, okay? But now let's get to the point. So so that's number one, that's the issue that I'm gonna deal with concerning the faith, that some people say, well, you didn't get healed because you." you may have had the faith but it was not the will of God. Now that's number one, all right? Now let me move to number two, which brings us back to that verse that we read in Matthew chapter four and verse 23, when Jesus went about doing all of this healing. Okay, so we say, and here's, and here's what we, we commonly hear. And so I wanna, I, I'm to, and if you guys notice, I'm taking my time so that you'll understand it clearly. We hear people commonly say, Well, Jesus healed in the Bible. And we see all of that in the scriptures. And Jesus did this and Jesus did that. And therefore, He is the same God. He is the same Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. He has the same power. And if He did it then, He'll do it now. And that's what I want to deal with. Is that assessment true? That what Jesus did then he will do the same thing now. And the answer is, "Mm, not necessarily. And so let me just deal with it now. Okay. What you must understand, and, and, and it's all throughout the New Testament, in the gospels, in the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's all throughout. When Jesus came into this world, he was the promised seed of God. The Genesis chapter three and verse 15. He was the one spoken of by God whom God had promised would bring salvation to this world. This idea developed into, whom, into the person that we know would be called the Messiah, which is nothing more than a word that literally means the anointed one. In, in other words, this is the one whom God has spoken throughout the prophets all the way up from moses until the final prophet john the baptist john the baptist was the last prophet of the old testament age okay culminating with jesus himself so jesus is the one that they all spoke of and the Scriptures spoke of certain things that the messiah that this prophet would do how he would have the power of God at his disposal. And we see that also readily spoken of in the book of Isaiah, how it spoke of in whom the arm of the Lord would be readily revealed, seen, easily seen, although he himself would be rejected by the people. So the scriptures spoke many times of the power of the Messiah as the son of God. You got it? All right. So when Jesus came among the Jewish people, he had to prove that. And that's the way I want to say it. And that's when I use the term authenticate. So when we see all of the miracles that Jesus performs in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in the New Testament, it is not simply to say that what Jesus was doing then he would continue to do forever among his people. That's not the point. The point of the gospels is, when you see Jesus doing the healings, when he healed, when he raised the dead, when he opened the eyes of the blind, and especially you see those particular miracles that Jesus did in the book of John, those were noted miracles. But my point is this, all these healing miracles were simply done to authenticate the person of jesus now i want everybody to understand what i mean by that in other words what do you mean eric when jesus did these miracles it was simply his way of saying i am the messiah and you will know that i am the messiah of god the one whom the scriptures spoken of had spoken of that even moses spoken of that the lord would raise you up a prophet just like me, and whatever he says unto you, you hear what he has to say. And remember, and how did God authenticate Moses' ministry with signs and wonders? Don't you remember when God says, he said, okay, I'm gonna send you to the people of Israel and you are gonna lead them out. That's that whole, And isn't it a beautiful thing? It's the whole principle of redemption moses was sent to them to redeem them to save them jesus is the second moses he is sent to us all mankind to redeem us to save us and what did god do for moses moses said well what if they don't believe me and then god said i will give you certain signs to perform that they will believe you. This will help them. This will authenticate. That's what I'm trying to keep from using that word again. It will authenticate. It will prove that I did send you. And what is it? Take your hand, put it into your bosom and Moses, bring your hand out again. It will become what? It'll become lepers. Take that staff and throw it down. It'll become a serpent or take it and touch some water and it become blood. So these became signs to the children of Israel that Moses was a genuine prophet. Now, do you understand? So, and guess what? The Bible clearly styles Jesus as the second Moses. That's what. and and just in case guys, and I haven't done any hardcore teaching in a while, so I guess I'll do a little on this video. And that's why when you look at Matthew, chapters five, verses, chapters five, six, and seven, Jesus is given the Sermon on the Mountain because he is showing himself to be the second Moses. He is the one who comes in the authority of Moses. But remember, that true prophet has to authenticate himself. And how did Jesus authenticate himself? with signs and wonders. Those signs and wonders showed themselves in the multitudes of healing the sick and doing all of these wonderful works. Okay, so that's the point. So here's the thing. The understanding that you have to take from the New Testament Gospels is Jesus is the Messiah of the scriptures. And when he comes, he has to authenticate, he has to prove that he is the Messiah. And how does he prove that he is the Messiah? By all of what we call the miracles. The word in Greek is semion. But the actual or better understanding of that word should be signs. The actual and better understanding should be signs. So Jesus proved that he was the Jewish Messiah, the Messiah to the Jewish people, by the signs that he did. And those signs were evidenced as what? Healing the sick, healing all kinds of miracles, healing all kinds of diseases and sicknesses, raising the dead, that's it. So all of those things simply said, when you see me do the so remember okay let me give you an example let me give you an example one of the beliefs of the jewish people and we then that's why you don't see it you don't see it and, and, and i've talked about it once before was the healing of leprosy that when the messiah comes only the messiah will be able to heal leprosy because notice once again only god did it himself Remember that when God healed Moses' sister? And then we see that Elijah uh, 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 did that with Naaman. But Naaman was a Gentile. My point is this, the scriptures is given to the Jews. No other Jewish person was ever healed by a Jewish prophet. No Jewish person was healed by a Jewish prophet. And so therefore the Jewish people believed that when the Messiah came, he would have this power to heal the leprosy. Because you know what? The scripture spoke extensively about leprosy. It spoke a lot about leprosy on a disease that never nobody ever got healed from. So that's an amazing thing. So they waited for the Messiah. And notice, it was a common thing that you saw. It was almost like healing people that had cold when Jesus would come up unto lepers and know they would come up with ten lepers and all of a sudden they'll say, Lord, will, will you help us? And Jesus just go and just heal them all and, 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 and send them on their way. But here's the thing I want to say. Such a common thing that Jesus did, but it was a calling card. And that was the reason why when Jesus would heal the leper, he would always say, go show yourself to the priest. Not only. Because Jesus is going to keep every word of the law. And we know that in order to be healed, to be declared healed of leprosy, the priest had to declare that. So they had to go to the priest. But the point of the matter is this. Jesus was not only sending them so that they would keep what the law says to be declared clean. That's not the only thing. But when they saw it, here's the point. Nobody ever got cleansed of lepers, so they had to ask a series of questions and the first question They would ask the person who is now healed of leprosy is well, how did you get healed? You know, nobody gets healed of leprosy and what would they have to answer? Jesus of Nazareth healed you and they said well, who is this Jesus of Nazareth because we believe that what only the Messiah would be able to do these things you see that so it became a calling point so okay let me just, I'm going, I'm going to bring it to a close. I'm going to bring it to a close. So what are you trying to say, Eric? Okay. When you look in the New Testament and you see all the miracles of Jesus, they were not done. Now listen to me. Jesus did not heal people just to make them better, simply to make them better. Of course, our Lord is a compassionate God and he did have compassion upon the people of israel however the reason or the true purposes behind these things was not simply to make them feel better it was to simply to say to those people that when you see jesus do these things he is the messiah therefore you need to believe in him okay now let me bring this to a close so how does this work now jesus the same yesterday today and forever that's true that's true but that's not the case when it comes to healing that's why we'll look in the new testament especially like first Corinthians chapter 12 we'll see gifts of healing things of that nature and i don't want to talk about that at length but the whole point is this does jesus continue to operate the same way the answer is no for the simple reason, the first reason is very simple. He's no longer here. Our Lord has now gone into heaven. The apostles continued that ministry, and and I tell you what. Why I'm here? Okay, let me spend some time today. Then let me spend some time. Do you remember when Jesus said unto the apostles that he has, he himself has done great things, and that they would do even greater things? Now he was not using greater in the sense of miracle. Uh, to outdo his miracle. You can't quote unquote outdo the Lord, but he simply meant greater in number. It was one of him and it would be 12 apostles plus 13 considering the apostle Paul. All right. And when Jesus spoke of these continued greater things, this is because, and this is what you have to understand, saints, the apostolic ministry in the book of Acts was the continuation of the miracles of Jesus. Notice the apostles for a period of time. Did you notice what I just said? Only for a period of time. They could not do this for all time. That is even for all of their lives. I'll give an example of that in just a minute. But the apostles continued the work of Jesus because they were the direct hand-picked representatives of Jesus. Jesus chose them to continue his ministry. So therefore Jesus gave them a similar representative power. They had power to do miracles. That's why the Bible talks about the powers of the work of the apostles. And it talks about, and when Paul himself spoke on how he did the miracles that only an apostle could do. Why? Because they represented directly Jesus. So therefore Jesus empowered them to do wonderful miracles of healing. Notice you see that with Peter. Remember how it said how Peter's shadow could overcast people and they would be healed. And again, how they would even take claws from the body of the apostle Paul and lay it upon people and they would be healed or demons would be uh, uh, loosed from these people. So they would be able to do wonderful miracles. Do you understand? So they continued the work. Why? They were direct representatives of Jesus. They declared Jesus is the Messiah. And what did God do? God authenticated their preaching with healings and also with miracles. And that's why you see so much miracles and healings being generated in the first century. Or should I even, when I say first century, I want you guys to understand it. In the book of Acts. So notice you see, When you look in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in the Gospels of Jesus, you see a lot of that stuff. You see a lot of miracles all done by Jesus and some of it done by his apostles. And those that Jesus has sent, the 12 or even the 70 men that Jesus has sent, we see them doing wonderful miracles in the name of Jesus. All of this has to do with the messiahship of Jesus. And that's what you got to understand. They are, Jesus himself is declaring he is the messiah. And God is authenticating those words with signs, wonders, healings, miracles. You got it? And then that next generation was Empowered to do it. That is the generation of the apostles were empowered to do these things That's why when you turn to the book of Acts Notice you see in the first part of Acts the same thing You see a lot of miracles and signs and wonders being done at the hands of the apostles But remember that I said to you not long ago that this was only done for a certain amount of time and that is it was only done two things by the apostles themselves and it was not forever that's what you need to see so here's the point this type of miracle working was never intended to be forever it was intended to authenticate the person of jesus It was, in other words, when I say stuff like that, I'm just simply saying these signs, wonders and miracles were simply done so that it would prove that Jesus is the Messiah. That's why they would always say, in the name of Jesus, I do these things in the name of Jesus so that you will know what? That Jesus is the Messiah. He is the son of God and God would say, yes, he is. And God will authenticate it with a miracle, with a healing or whatever, okay? Jesus himself and the apostles. But here's the point. But once you get to a certain time, and, and it seems, and we don't know exactly what it is, but it is in the lives of the apostles, we no longer see a lot of activity of miracles with the apostles. We see it begin, I don't want to say to die off, but the flurry that we once saw, Idiots, no more, and, we'll, and say, okay, where were you? You just run your mind. or okay, watch this. Let me give you this final example, and then I'm gonna bring it all to a close. Do you remember the Apostle Paul? Where the Apostle Paul said that I left my lead, uh, uh, I left Epaphras in my leaders, and I left him sick. Now here's my point. If the power to heal had continued to have remained with the Apostle Paul, why would he leave Epaphras sick in the first place? That's one example. All right, let me give you another example. Here's one that I know that I know you can relate to even better. Do you remember Paul's son in the faith? The one who, and the reason why I'm using these types of superlatives to let you know how Paul really felt about the man his son in the faith, his beloved child in the faith, that was Timothy, whom was one of the first bishops of Ephesus. Y'all remember him? Whom by the authority of Paul himself, Paul sent him as Paul's own personal representative. But don't you remember in 1 Timothy? In 1 Timothy, Paul made mention of Timothy getting sick. And what did Paul say to him? He said, you know what you should do? Drink a little wine for these often stomach problems that you seem to keep having for your often infirmities. Now, here's my question. If the ability to heal had remained consistent with the apostle Paul as an apostle, one who is able to do the signs and wonders of Jesus himself who is able to heal. Why didn't Paul just heal Timothy? Why tell Timothy to take some medication if you can simply heal him? Okay, and that's my whole point. Somewhere, and it seems, and I'll use that term and y'all forgive me, that's the studious side of me that's it's first century stuff, <laughs> but whatever. But it is somewhere during the first century with the apostles, with the first generation of apostles that we see the activity of miracles, healings, it starts, it, it, it came with them, and it almost died with them. Now, let me tell you what I mean by dying. I don't mean ceasing to exist. What I mean is that same activity. So remember, it's all about the spread of the gospel. What is the spread of the gospel? We want everybody to know that Jesus of Nazareth is the Messiah. And therefore, to prove these things, this is the wonder or the sign that God himself will do. Here is the miracle. Here is the healing. And usually it was a healing of sick from sickness and disease. Okay, so these things authenticated. That's that word again. So around the end of the first century or at the end of the, 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 the lives of the apostles, we don't see the same flurry of sickness and diseases being healed. And notice as we look throughout history, we don't see it again like that. Now, so, you're, so now you're asking, so Eric, are you saying to me that God does not heal anymore? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I am trying to show you and, and and to dispel the teaching and 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 if you've had this understanding Because I know stuff happen in people's lives and you read the bible and you and you read the bible for help and for hope and, and 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 you You want to hope and sometimes well, I want to lord heal me. I got cancer You know, you know, I, I got breast cancer will god heal me like jesus Healed in that day, I got liver cancer, I got lung cancer, or or what? Or my child, you know, has been born with the deformity or whatever. And Jesus has power, but will Jesus heal him? Will he heal him just like he did then? See, and that's the question that I'm trying to answer. Will Jesus heal me or my loved one just like he did then? So, and if you've been listening, No. The answer is, short answer, no. He does not heal the same way that he did then. He does not. Because when he did heal then, Jesus himself and through the apostles, it was in order to authenticate, to prove that he was the Messiah. Okay? Now that's the first part of the answer. But don't lose hope. Because... God is still a merciful God, and God is still a compassionate God. The only thing that I'm trying to teach you in this video is, Jesus doesn't do it the same way. However, it is still up to him on whether or not he decides to heal. Do you understand that? Do you understand the point that I'm trying to make? In other words, let me simply say it this way. Say, for instance, if you're sick, you go go to the doctor and you have cancer or whatever. All right. And you say, well, I'm, I'm a saint of God. I believe that Jesus is the Messiah and the son of God. And I have faith to move mountains. I believe that if I ask God, I believe God hears me and I'm not doubting him. So therefore, you say to yourself, so therefore, Jesus, I want you to heal me. So now here's the question. Here's what I'm trying to answer. Will he heal you? The answer is, we don't know. And that's the answer. We don't know. You can have the faith and you should have the faith and you should trust God. But is there any place in the scriptures? Is there anywhere? And this is what I'm teaching you. Anywhere in the New Testament scripture that says, jesus will heal you and and don't do the old testament thing i am the lord your god who heals you and and, uh, and you know i'm glad that came to my mind i am yahweh rofika the god who heals you that's true but that was under another covenant and to another people that was under the law the mosaic covenant what does the bible teach us about the mosaic covenant romans chapter 7 the Mosaic covenant is dead. It is no longer in force. What do I mean? You cannot say, you cannot quote something from what God said to a people, a different people, a Jews, under a different covenant, the Mosaic covenant, and then try to take that and apply it to yourself and then say, now, God, I want you to heal me because you said I'm the Lord God who heals you then God would turn around and say, number one, I wasn't talking to you. And number two, that was under another covenant that is now dead. We are operating under a new covenant, the covenant of the Messiah. And the question becomes, is that anywhere in the New Testament where there is a guarantee of healing if the person has the faith? The answer is no, no but God is gracious and sometimes God will hear and we don't know every thought of God. We don't know the complete mind. We don't know what God will do in every situation. We don't know that. All we can do is ask him. So if we do get sick, if there's a loved one is sick or whatever, what I'm saying is this, I'm not saying it's useless to pray. I'm not saying it's useless to have faith. I am saying, yes, indeed, pray. I am saying, and you need to have faith if you expect God to answer your prayer. But what I am not saying is, it is not a guarantee you will be healed. And you know how I know that I'm right? Have you looked at the number of godly people who have died from sicknesses and were never healed? How many sick... How many godly saints have died from cancer? How many godly people have died from heart and liver problems? Don't you, you can bet your sweet dollar they prayed to be healed and they believed that God would heal them. But God does not always heal, it's not in the covenant of the New Testament. We can pray, we can have faith but there's no guarantee but i do know one thing our god is merciful and he is loving and and just because god does not heal it doesn't mean that god does not care he does care but he just does things in accordance to his will and i hope you learn some things from all of that